Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thanks for being with us on this Saturday evening. It is August 25th, 5.06 is the time. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live here on KFBK, 15.30 a.m., 93.1 FM. Thanks for joining us here. We take a look back between 5 and 7 o'clock tonight. By the way, we do this every Saturday evening from 5 to 7 o'clock. Take a look back at some of the big stories of this week and maybe a look forward as to what's coming up. And it was a jam-packed week. I have so much in the stack today. I don't know that I could get to it all. I mean, it was unbelievable. Among the things we're going to be covering here in the next couple of hours, it was not a good week for the president, President Trump and the White House. A number of setbacks uh, obviously were in the news. We're going to get to all of them here just momentarily, also coming up in the next couple of hours. Stormy Daniels, it was revealed this week. Revealed is kind of the operative word in that sentence. Will be appearing at a local strip club on her tour of the United States of America. We'll tell more, more about that and uh, how she was in the news again today or again this week. Molly Tibbetts, the Iowa student, the college student, her body was found. An illegal immigrant has been charged, and this has become a political football. We'll tell you both sides of that story coming up here in the next couple of hours. Also, we expect to be talking live with Christina Mendonza. A colleague of mine in television for many, many years and is now joining the KFBK news staff. You'll be able to hear her here in the mornings very, very soon. So we'll talk to her coming up about what we can expect and some of the big stories that she's covered. She's had quite a career. I mean, she's been at this for more than 20 years. So I'm sure she has a number of interesting stories to share. We'll get to her coming up here between now and 7 o'clock. So we hope you stick with us here. The phone number 916 921 1-800-834-1530. Um, we always, over the course of the two hours that I do this show every Saturday evening, play a number of sound bites or audio clips that you may or may not have heard on your local newscast or on a national newscast that we think are very relevant and relevant not only to the story but relevant to our lives. We try to cover stories here that have some meaning, some purpose, not just some meaningless story that you might see on your local newscast that has, has no relevance in your life. So with that, let's get to the big setbacks uh, from the white at the White House and for President Trump because they were significant and they were many. They came in it, 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 it came in waves almost for the president. First of all, there's the Paul Manafort guilty plea or guilty uh, charges on eight of the charges. Paul Manafort, the longtime political operative who for months led Donald Trump's winning presidential campaign, found guilty of eight financial crimes. This was on Tuesday. In that case, the judge declared a mistrial on ten other counts. The jury could not agree on those 10 counts, but guilty on eight for Paul Manafort. In addition to that, what made this a double whammy for the White House, the verdict was part of a stunning one-two punch of bad news for the White House. The president's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, pled guilty in New York to campaign finance charges arising from hush money payments made to two women who say they had sex with Trump. The outcome almost certainly guarantees years of prison for Manafort, and Michael Cohen is looking at some prison time as well. So there was that story, a one-two punch, and then there was another punch that came subsequently, this one from New York. AMI chairman David Pecker. Don't know if you're familiar with this guy. He is the chairman of the company that publishes the National Enquirer, and he was granted immunity by federal prosecutors. They struck a deal as part of an investigation into President Trump's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. So Michael Cohen comes back now full circle in the Pecker investigation. The Wall Street Journal reported 
that Pecker had given prosecutors details about President's knowledge of payments Cohen made to women alleging affairs with Trump. So there's the third punch. The fourth punch came out of California. Not quite as damaging to Trump in the White House, but damaging to Republicans and particularly in California. Representative Duncan Hunter and his wife Margaret indicted on Tuesday after being charged with misusing at least $250,000 in campaign funds for personal expenses. This was according to the Department of Justice. At the center of all of these investigations, the Department of Justice. Do not lose sight of that. The California Republican used the funds, according to the Department of Justice, to purchase trips to Italy and Hawaii, pay for the family's dental work, his children's tuition, and international travel for nearly a dozen relatives. So that's the setup into tonight's audio's first set of audio clips. This is on Tuesday. Okay, we'll wrap it back up here with the one-two punch. Michael Cohen, President Trump's former personal attorney, pled guilty to hush money scheme. On that same day, Paul Manafort, Trump's ex-campaign manager, found guilty of eight charges. That's the setup for this next audio clip. President Trump commented on the conviction of Paul Manafort after he got off Air Force One. This was on Tuesday following what we heard on the Manafort case, and he told reporters Manafort was found guilty of financial crimes, and it has nothing to do with Russia collusion which was, of course, the initial reason for the investigation by Mueller. This has nothing to do with what they started out looking for Russians involved in our campaign. There were none. There were none. It had nothing to do with Russia. And he's right about that. We're going to hear a little bit later. I hope to get to this soundbite from a top legal expert, a, a historian who understands the Constitution. He's an expert on constitutional law. And he says, once again, we're hearing nothing regarding Russia, and that's very, very critical. It's a critical component in what the White House is saying. That said, Trump went on to point out that Manafort has worked for many political leaders, not just him. I feel very badly for Paul Manafort. Again, he worked for Bob Dole, he worked for Ronald Reagan, he worked for many, many people. And uh, this is the way it ends up. Uh, it was not... The original mission, believe me, it was uh, it was something very much different. So, had nothing to do with Russian collusion. We continue the witch hunt. Thank you very Mr. much. So there was a discussion as the week wore on this past week whether or not the president might, down the line, somehow excuse Paul Manafort, pardon him. That would be a big step. And then there was also the discussion of when he might do it and would he wait till after the elections. And he was asked that in an interview, and we're going to get to that clip in just a little bit. But that's relevant to this case as well. You will notice that we did not play anything about Michael Cohen from that particular clip. This was on Tuesday, as you could hear Air Force One engines in the background. He did not talk about Michael Cohen at that time. However, he did later talk about him in a subsequent inter interview. This was later in the week. President Trump spoke at length about Michael Cohen, and this was an interview with Fox News. But if somebody defrauded a bank and he's going to get 10 years in jail or 20 years in jail, but if you can say something bad about Donald Trump and you'll go down to two years or three years, which is the deal he made, in all fairness to him, most people are going to do that. And I've seen it many times. I've had many friends involved in this stuff. It's called flipping and it almost ought to be illegal. It's called flipping and it almost ought to be illegal. Now, later, Rudy Giuliani, who is the attorney now for Donald Trump, said the president is not a lawyer and you can't make flipping illegal. He, he, he fully understands that. But that being the case, 
whether or not you agree with Donald Trump and like what he says, there is no question now that they're going after him and anybody associated with him. I mean, it's it's undeniable. And it, it, it it's at a level with fervor that I've never seen in my lifetime. Whether or not these crimes, if there are any, are to the level of impeachment is yet another discussion. And then there was an even broader discussion this week of, well, would impeachment discussions even begin if the Democrats take control of the House? And why aren't we hearing more of that from Democrats? And who's the one lone Democrat out there who's talking about impeachment all the time and they cannot seem to keep that Democrat quiet? We'll talk more about that as well. Uh, the time now is 514. More on this interview with Trump uh, on the other side. What do you think about all of this? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Is this damaging to Donald Trump, the president, or does the witch hunt continue? What are your thoughts? I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. So you decide you might want to go out and get a bite to eat at one of your favorite restaurants. You and the family. Wouldn't that be a nice evening? So if you want to get a plastic straw with your drink at your restaurant soon, you may have to ask for it. Lawmakers in the Assembly sent Governor Brown a bill this past week. It would bar full-service restaurants from giving out straws unless customers ask for them. Now, it's not an outright ban on straws, okay? Democratic Assemblyman Ian Calderon of Whittier described the bill as a small step toward reducing plastic use and fighting ocean pollution. The measure would affect full-service restaurants, would not apply to fast food joints. Republican Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez of Lake Elsinore said she does not believe it will reduce pollution, but instead will punish restaurants. As for the restaurants, what would they be punished? They'll be warned for the first and second violations, and then they'll be fined. Up to 300 bucks each year for subsequent violations. By the way, the restaurant industry does not oppose this measure. So now you know. The big news on straws in California. The heady stuff that they're working on at the Capitol. Uh, we're going to talk about, coming up here in the next uh, probably hour or so, maybe sooner than that, the guidelines, the new rules are in place in Stockton where they are about ready to hand out free money. Money, 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 money. And it's all free. How much you have to make? What are the guidelines? What does the mayor have to say about it? And why there might be another way to improve Stockton's economy? By a lot. We'll talk more about that coming up. Time now is 522. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. The phone number here is 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. What do you think about what took place this past week and how damaging was it to President Trump or is it part of this witch hunt that continues, which is what he said this past week? Or is he in a lot of trouble legally? And what about impeachment? What are the, what's the likelihood that he could be impeached? And if he's impeached by the House, does the Senate even go for it or just let it die? So I want to pick up where we left off with more audio clips from the president. This is an interview that he gave this week. 
He said that the charges against Michael Cohen, okay, remember, Michael Cohen was the former personal attorney for Donald Trump who turned on him and struck a plea deal and talked about conversations that he had with Trump, private conversation as an attorney, and just turned around and told the federal authorities about it. So much for attorney-client privilege in that case. Said the charges that Cohen pled guilty to have, this is what Trump said, have nothing to do with Russia collusion. We're back to that. He said the same thing for Manafort, and now he's repeating the line for Cohen. He's right. He says Cohen is a flipper. And Trump says that flippers like Cohen simply make up stories. They just make up lies. Alan Dershowitz said compose, right? They make up lies. I've seen it many times. They make up things. And now they go from 10 years to they're a national hero. So Cohen's looking at about, mm, they're saying maybe five years. Maybe. Manafort is looking at a lot more time. And he's not a young man. Manafort's about 69. Maybe 69. So he could be looking at some significant time in prison because uh, the jury found him guilty on, on eight counts. Now, whether or not you know they appeal, that, that's up to his attorney. His, ter- his attorneys did not say be hard to believe that they won't, given the time that he'd have to spend in, in, in jail would be significant. So getting back to Cohen, and part of the part of the payment that Cohen apparently made, or so he said to, to federal prosecutors in the Justice Department, was to that of Stormy Daniels. $130,000 to Stormy Daniels, who, by the way, we'll give you the details on when she says she's going to be at a strip club here locally. I guess the strip club, by the way, has been inundated. So she's a big deal out there on the circuit, I guess, these days. So let's talk a little bit about the payments, because the timing of the payments is very, very important in this case. Trump says he never knew about payments made to these two women. One was a former Playboy model. That that, that would not be Stormy Daniels. Made to these two women that he's alleged to have had affairs with until after those payments were made. So he said he didn't know about it until after. Okay, He says he is clearly being targeted by the Justice Department for political purposes, Trump says. And he wants to know why the investigation into Hillary Clinton's email scandal and the deleted emails on her personal server, why that investigation was just dropped. I mean, look at the crimes that Clinton did with the emails, and she deletes 33,000 emails after she gets a subpoena from Congress, and, and this Justice Department does nothing about it? 33,000 emails deleted, and the Justice Department does nothing about it. You think we're going to hear more about this if the pressure continues on people who are associated with Donald Trump and on Donald Trump? Don't be surprised if we don't. Don't be surprised if we hear more about, hey, where were you guys on the Hillary Clinton email thing? Let's go to the phones right now. Stephen uh, joins us from Sacramento. Hi, Stephen. How are you on this Saturday evening? What's up? Yes, sir. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, A lot of your callers, when you say flipper, might be thinking about the movie Flipper uh, (laughs) with the dolphin. But if you live on the East Coast... Uh, if you live in New York, where uh, some of the Italian mafia families uh, to this day are being done wrong, some of them, not all of them, some of them, they deserve what they got coming. But, uh, you know, let's use Trump as an example. 
Okay. Uh, whether it's Cohen or uh, Manafort, the charges against these two that they have pleaded guilty to, especially Cohen, yep. pleaded guilty to a couple of charges, at least one, uh, some kind of campaign fraud when no campaign money was used, when no campaign laws have been violated. Uh, look, with my money, personal money, and my business, and Trump Tower money, what I choose to do with that and the deals that I cut with that, uh, with people that uh, want to milk me for money, squeeze me for money, uh, or, uh, or extort me for money, right. whether it's Stormy Daniels or whoever, that's my business, as long as I well, didn't use... Campaign and that, money and campaign and, funds. Uh, yeah, Stephen, and that's exactly what Alan Dershowitz is saying. And he, he's a he's a constitutional expert and a lawyer on this. He said there, there there was no law broken here. In fact, campaign money can be used for a variety of reasons. And uh, he said, and just in terms of the basis of that, he doesn't see anything that's worth impeaching over, and certainly nothing terribly criminal about this. What I want to say is that what Robert Mueller is doing to Trump, which is going around to his buddies, his pals, his friends, business partners, associates, and squeezing them, and squeezing them hard using any reason he can find until they go, ow! Yeah. And when they find a painful spot, you know, they will say and do anything to end the pain, well, Stephen- including... You're not yes, you're no. not you're not alone. You're not alone and that's exactly what President Trump is saying here is that uh, the people that he has worked with in the past and even currently are being squeezed by federal prosecutors. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for the phone call. Uh we need to suspend this discussion for at least uh, another minute or so because we are just getting word that John McCain, Senator John McCain of Arizona, has passed away, has died at the age of 81. We had learned this week that he was no longer going to take medication for his brain cancer, and many had suspected that he would not return to the United States Senate. But he has passed away today. We are just getting word from the Associated Press that Senator John McCain of Arizona, a hero, a longtime senator, a one-time presidential candidate at the age of 81, has died. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We're going to take a quick break. We're back on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Thought this would be appropriate music. We have just learned in the last five minutes that Senator John McCain has died at the age of 81. He had been battling brain cancer former Navy pilot, Vietnam prisoner of war, former Republican presidential nominee. He spent 30 years in the United States Senate, died at his home in Arizona. We'll talk more about that in the next uh, hour and a half or so. It is uh, now 535. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. Phone number here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I am delighted to invite on the program Christina Mendonza. How are you? Good evening, Sam. I'm doing well. I'm sad to hear about John McCain, though. I, you know, I read something about him that said he was, you know, in the last throes of his battle with cancer, but that they thought he probably had a few more months. So I was kind of, I was kind of sad to see that tweet tonight from KPK. Yeah, I was uh, taken aback by that as well. I thought too. I mean, the announcement was made within the last couple of days, Christina, that he had decided to give up on the treatment for brain cancer. Right. But I felt like you did. Maybe we had a couple of more months with him, but. Uh... Right. 
So listen, um, on a lighter note, um, right. con- congratulations. You get to get up really early now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Setting my alarm clock, and, and uh, I've been kind of practicing for a few days, getting up early. And, and I, I actually am a morning person, which is crazy since I spent most of my career on the other side of the clock. But, uh, you know, whether I'm a middle-of-the-night person, well, you know, we'll find out. So for those of you out there that don't know, Christina Mendonza is joining the KFBK News team, and she's going to be heard here every Monday morning starting at, what, 5 o'clock in the morning? 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm so excited, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so excited to be with Dan and, and the rest of the team in the morning. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. So we start Monday morning, right and early. So uh, what people probably, I don't know how many people know this, but uh, Christina is an absolute news junkie because uh, she and I actually had lunch a couple of months ago, and I learned more about, you took on this entire project after you left ABC 10, and you essentially created your own news product. I mean, tell people about that because you dove right in. You couldn't, I guess you just couldn't, you couldn't get enough of it. Well, you know, I took after I left um, Channel 10, I took a couple of months. I traveled. I kind of thought about what I wanted to do. And, and I decided that I really wanted this next year to be kind of the year of yes. So whatever showed up, I was going to you know, give it a try. And I immediately was, um, I don't know how you say it, welcomed or you know, re- a lot of entrepreneurs reached out to me immediately. And they were like, you know, you should, you should really take your skills and put them to use in a different platform in a different way. And, and it made me think of news in a, in a very different way. And, and I thought, well, you know, I, I, I like doing news. I want to keep doing news. I found a couple of clients that uh, wanted me to do uh, news for them. Uh, Folsom is one of them. That was my, one of my very first clients. I turned some freelance stories for KGO in San Francisco. And I really do have it in my blood. I'm storytelling. I love storytelling, just like you, Sam. So well, yeah. uh, I knew that, that I would be doing that in some capacity. And I just kind of, as I went along, thought, you know what, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can shoot. I can edit. I can put together a news product. I can produce a small newscast and, and just started doing it. The shortlist was born about, I don't know, like last winter, I started doing them and it's been almost a year. Um, and I'm slowly growing a following there and that's been great. And then I incorporated the podcast because I really wanted to focus on uh, something positive that I could uh, impart through interviews with entrepreneurs and innovators and, and thought leaders. And, mm-hmm. and that's been slowly growing as well. And then this opportunity came up with uh, KFBK and I thought, you know, that's a daily connection and an opportunity to do news again on a daily basis, which I had missed working with other people doing news. So if people want to follow, you know, your venue there, where do they go? Oh, well, I um, post the shortlist every Monday and it's on my Facebook page and I put it on my YouTube channel as well. And then my podcast can be, uh, you can download it. It's called A Fresh Agenda and it's on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. And I will keep up those projects uh, while I'm uh, at KFBK and I, I hope to incorporate them uh incorporate more KFDK stories into those and reporters and let people see some of the great work that um, the KFDK reporters are doing that they hear on the radio. Let them also see it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you came across this, Christina, but you know, I've run into a lot of people and it's not just in the last year since I haven't been in TV. It was in the last few years of my career. And there is a, there's a real want out there, a real desire for some good storytelling of some really good stories. And they're, they're kind of tired of the, the wallpaper video, the, the typical crime and grime, leads at leads kind of stuff. They want right. something meaningful and relevant. I mean, I, do you get that kind of feedback when you talk to people in the communities? 
Well, absolutely. And I think that I was craving, I wanted to do that kind of news as well. And, and which is why the podcast spoke to me so well. I, cause I thought, you know, I've been covering crime and covering some of the difficult stories for three decades. Why not seek out some people who are um, making a difference in a positive way with their methods or their teachings and helping people be more productive, more creative, uh, and help them better their lives? And that was, that was what the podcast was born out of, really wanting to kind of inject some of that positivity into people's day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I do think people, do, they crave that. They're finding it. I do think people are finding it out there. Uh, they just they have to look harder than they used to. They, they do. And I don't think it's necessarily just this craving. I'm speaking personally, and I don't know if you've come across this, just for the quote-unquote positive stories. I think they also want stories that are meaningful to them, but maybe aren't quite so positive, but it, it's very relevant in their lives. And they want something deeper, not just the stuff that's on the surface and easy to, you know, run and gun, shoot and get it back and put it on TV. Well, you're absolutely right. It's not just the positivity. They want investigative stories. They want exposés. They want, they want things that are going to impact their life. They want to know if there's government corruption. They want to know those things because they're not things that they can go seek out and investigate themselves on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And, and we've had, uh, I mean, there's been a tremendous amount of, you know, disenfranchisement from uh, people who feel like some of their, their major government institutions or agencies that used to caretake uh, things around the country, some of, that, some of that stuff is crumbling. Some of that, that bedrock is crumbling. So they, they hunger for that information that will help them you know, figure out and perhaps fix those problems through, through voting or through whatever else. Mm-hmm. Okay, one quick question before I let you go, because I know that uh, you've got a, a nice dinner coming up, and I'm a little jealous. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I know you've been asked this question, and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, but I, I get this, I get asked this all the time. Do you, is there one big story you remember, or is there, you know, or there are a couple of really big stories in your career that for some reason just always stand out that you just can never forget? Oh, yeah, you know what? I do get that story, and I like you. I mean, a lot of times stories are like children. You love them all. They all have a special meaning to you. You know, I think um, if, it, if you were talking about locally, just, you know, Northern California area, I would have to say um, the interview I did with Lacey Peterson's mom, that sticks out in my mind. I think about her every, uh, every Christmas Eve, I think about her. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are, it's amazing, these people that you meet, through this business, it, it's so humbling because they all like leave these footprints on your heart. Mm-hmm. These different people that you interview, that you meet, because you meet them usually when they're in such crisis in their lives, uh, or you know, or or in crisis, you know, it, a good way because something wonderful has happened to them, and that's usually when the news is there, when there's something unusual that's happened in their life, good or bad, and and that leaves an impact on you as a person and a journalist, and mm-hmm. and I think I think being a journalist has. Uh, I mean, I hope made me a better person, uh, and I think that's why I continue to love it because it, it just exposes you to so many different people from so many different walks of life. Well, you certainly show the passion for it. I will tell you that. I've met a number of people who do what we do, and not many of them uh, show the passion that you have. So, listen, it's great to have you on board here. This is really oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And the the early morning wake up call. My <laughs> husband has me all set up with my blue vault blocker glasses uh-huh. that I wear two hours before bed, and my lavender diffuser and my alarm clock. So I'm set. Okay, and just make sure he has earplugs so he doesn't have to put up with that. He wants to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's uh, right. Exactly. Good stuff. All right. Have fun tonight. Thanks a lot, Christine. Appreciate your time. Okay.
Thank right. you, Sam. We'll see you later. She'll be here 5 o'clock Monday morning, so it's uh, definitely worth tuning in, not just Monday. We suggest it and recommend every day. Uh, my name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. Uh, phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're going to wrap up uh, last audio clip with uh, President Trump from earlier this week on the kind of week that they have had, and then we're going to plow into the free money in Stockton that's going to be handed out. What are the rules? What are the parameters here? How can you get it? And is it really that smart of an idea? We'll hear from the mayor himself on the other side. I'm Sam Shane, back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. The man who co wrote Sweet Home Alabama died this past week. His name was Ed King. Guitarist for Leonard Skinner joined the band in 1972, died on Wednesday in Nashville at the age of 68 years old. King was a California native. And by the way, he is the guy that you hear off the top of that song, famously counting off one, two, three. That's Ed King's voice. He passed away. Also passing away within the past hour, or at least that's when news arrived. Senator John McCain of Arizona, passed away in his home in Arizona after a battle with brain cancer. The question becomes now in terms of who fills his seat in the United States Senate, who will that be? Well, the appointee will be made by the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey. It will be a Republican and will hold on to McCain's seat until next elections. That'll be in 2020. Now, Arizona Governor Ducey is a Republican, and whoever Ducey chooses will stay in office until 2020. By the way, it's Arizona state law that the governor must tap someone of the same party as McCain. That's the state law in Arizona, which of course means it will be a Republican, and the governor, by the way, has ruled himself out. However, there are a number of people, their names are being floated from the Arizona Republic as possible appointees to replace McCain. Number one, Cindy McCain, the 64-year-old wife of Senator McCain. And secondly, uh, Kirk Adams, who is 45 years old, and he is Governor Ducey's chief of staff, and he is a former state lawmaker in Arizona. Those are two of the four or five or six names that are being floated out there. So we will obviously learn more from the governor in the days to come as to whom will t- the person who will take over Governor John McCain's seat as he has passed away. Uh, more in a moment on the free money being handed out in Stockton, California. 500 bucks per month. Is that a good idea? Who gets it? My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Thanks for joining us on Weekend Live. We're here every Saturday evening from 5 until 7 o'clock. Looking back at the big headlines of the week before and taking a look ahead of what's coming up. Uh, the phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We play a number of audio clips on this show. In fact, I like to do that in all the shows that I host. So you get an idea of what the story is about and what are the lawmakers and some of the leading newsmakers are saying about this or this particular topic that we're talking about at any given time. And then this topic it has to do with President Trump, and he gave some follow-up interviews following the guilty pleas that came down against Manafort, 
the plea deal that Michael Cohen made. There were a number of developments. It was not a good week for the White House. And how devastating do you think it was, or is it still part of this witch hunt that we have heard the president talk about? And he continued that mantra this week. He said, they are clearly out for me for political purposes. And when you see the number of charges that are being put down and a number of plea deals that are being made, and all of them happen to be with associates of Donald Trump, are they trying to stack the deck against him, and what are the implications for him? Could he be in legal trouble? Could he be impeached? We're going to hear hopefully from Alan Dershowitz a little bit later on in that, a constitutional lawyer, a longtime Democrat, by the way, who has defended President Trump in this investigation. He, too, questions the motives here. He wonders, too, if these are just not political in nature. That said, President Trump was asked this week, because this has swirled now. He's been critical of Jeff Sessions, who oversees the FBI, of course. Or the Justice Department, I should say, not the FBI. Jeff Sessions is the head of the Justice Department. He's the Attorney General. He was asked if he would fire Jeff Sessions after the midterm elections. There are some who think he might. Now, Trump did not answer that question directly, but he did say this. I wanted to stay uninvolved, but when everybody sees what's going on in the Justice Department, Justice now with quotes, it's a very, very sad day. Jeff Sessions recused himself, which he shouldn't have done, or he should have told me. Even my enemies say that Jeff Sessions should have told you that he was going to recuse himself, and then you wouldn't have put him in. He took the job, and then he said, I'm going to recuse myself. I said, what kind of a man is this? Sessions fired off a tweet, which is kind of unlike him, but he, he's a little upset. And Sessions essentially said in his tweet, look, I uphold the law, and I do what I think is right, and I'm not doing anything for political purposes. So there's clearly a division here. Whether or not we're going to see Sessions replaced after the midterm elections, who knows? I mean, the midterm elections are going to determine a whole lot. Will Democrats take control of the House? If they do, will they try to impeach the president? If they do impeach the president, what will the Senate do if it's dominated by Republicans? And there's a reason why President Trump may not be all that worried about impeachment. Because the votes just might not be there in the Senate. We're going to take a look at some of the numbers on that coming up here in a little bit. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, want to get into what's taking place in Stockton right now before we hit the break. Because this has made national headlines. Their young mayor there, Michael Tubbs, the youngest mayor in any city with a population of the top 100 cities in America. Let's just put it that way. That's probably easier to understand. So all the major cities in America, plus plus, the mid-level cities and so on. So you just push push out those small towns in America, and essentially he is the youngest mayor in America. And he has had this plan to help out people who live in neighborhoods like where he grew up, in poor neighborhoods where poverty is all too familiar. And he has a plan, and that is to hand out free money. And this past week he announced what the game rules are here. Who's eligible? How do you get it? What do you have to do to get it? Are we going to watch you? So he outlined this past week the selection process for the, quote, Guaranteed Income Initiative. It's going to give 100 residents $500 each month for a year and a half, for 18 months. Every month, you get a check in, the, in your mailbox for 500 bucks. No questions asked. It's just there. Mayor Tubbs says that the money can make a big difference in people's lives, like people that he grew up with and next to. 
Now, there are no work requirements whatsoever. There are no restrictions on how people in the program can spend the money. None. So if you spend it for nefarious purposes, if you take that 500 bucks out of your mailbox and you cash that check and you go and you, you buy drugs, now they're not going to look too kindly on it, but apparently there are no restrictions. Is that okay? Now, the initiative is not taxpayer-funded. It's privately funded. No tax dollars are being used in this. There are people actually in Silicon Valley who make more money than you and I could ever imagine making who think this is a good idea. And there are some in Silicon Valley who are helping to fund this program. To qualify, people must be a Stockton resident. You have to be 18 years or older. Live in a neighborhood where the median income is less than $46,000 a year. Those are the requirements. Now, on the other side of the break, we're going to hear from Mayor Tubbs why he thinks this is a good idea. And we're going to discuss why he may be off base, why his heart may be in the right place, but why he not, may not fully understand what he's doing economically. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Phone number is 916 921 1530. We'll be back on the other side. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday evening. This is Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane here on KFBK. We are live from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. every Saturday evening, taking a look at the day or looking back at the week's big stories and the day's big story, and we take a look ahead at what's coming up in the week. Uh, today's big story, uh, quite obviously, within the past hour, we have learned that Senator John McCain has died at the age of 81 after battling brain cancer for the better part of the last year. He died with his family surrounding him in his home in Arizona. Again, John McCain dead at the age of 81 after 30 years as United States Senator and an American war hero, a former presidential candidate at one time. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. More on the free money program in Stockton. Before we do that, want to talk water for just a second here. I saw this come across my desk this past week and thought this needs to be in the show because we talk about water, water allocation a great deal here on this program, and why there hasn't been a reservoir built in this state is amazing to most people, even though the money has been allocated by the voters to do so. The voters of this state want more water storage, and our elected officials are not delivering. And on that note, as we discuss and debate that topic, this word came down from the Trump administration this week. The Trump administration trying to trying a bold new tactic, I should say, to bring water to Central Valley farmers. It could come at the expense of millions of urban Southern Californians. Here it is. This could be the water fight or part of the water fight that we've been talking about. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation wants to renegotiate a landmark 1986 agreement which governs the big federal and state water projects. It's state versus feds, folks. That's what it might come down to and how they pump water through the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta to the southern half of the state. The feds want to keep more of their water on hand for delivery to Valley Farm Irrigation Districts and other customers of the federal government's Central Valley Project. And that would leave, as you can imagine, less water for the state water project. 
Reclamation's move is clearly ratcheting up tensions between state and federal officials over how to divide and deliver the state's precious water supply. So it's not just the tunnels project. It's not just the sites project or lack thereof. Now it could be state versus fed. State officials were hoping that this day would not come, said Greg Gartell. He's a water policy expert at the Public Policy Institute of California. State officials want nothing to do with this. They want to control the water, and they don't want the feds to come in here and say, we want more control. We want more more water going to valley farmers, and less less water, I should say, going to Southern California. So during the 2016 campaign, you're going to remember this. President Trump, he told a rally in Fresno, he would deliver more water to valley farmers who have been struggling for years with reduced supplies. So if the feds get their way, and there's no telling how this is going to play out, how this water battle is going to play out, but if the feds get their way in the Delta, there would be less water for the state water project and its most important customer, which is the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. So just as many callers have predicted on this show, this could come down to north versus south. Valley farmers versus Southern California residents. And now, maybe feds versus state. Who do you think should control our water? The United States federal government, the Trump administration, or state officials in Sacramento and all over the state? What's best for us? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. That's the big water news of the week. Let's return to Stockton. Uh, we did a little bit of setup. It's a 610 here on a Saturday evening. A beautiful night outside. Just gorgeous. As we fall is starting to move in. It doesn't feel... And the nights are getting cooler. It's just better sleeping weather. Boy, I love fall. I know I've said that before. And I'll say it again. Because it's worth saying. September, October. What a great time of year. So the Stockton mayor, Michael Tubbs, he's a young man. He took over there not too long ago. And he's been making national headlines for this program where they're going to hand out $500 per month for a year and a half to 100 residents. And Tubbs says it's going to make a big difference in people's lives. It's called the Guaranteed Income Initiative. So they go to the mailbox, they pick up their check, and there it is. Every every month, 500 bucks, boom. Can spend it any way they want. They're guaranteed the money, no strings attached, don't have to work for it, anything. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think about Michael Tubbs on the other side of this soundbite. But I want to play the bite, and then I'm going to tell you why I, I think he's, he's a little off on this. But first of all, let's, let's just play this audio clip. This is from uh, Michael Tubbs, the mayor of Stockton, talking about this free money giveaway in Stockton. Some people may use it um, for drugs and alcohol, but it won't be the majority of people. And folks who have real needs are going to use it for the things they need to use it for. And there were studies done about some Native American tribes um, that received the cash disbursement and have found that drug use actually went down. So here's a young mayor, and his heart is in the right place. He wants to help the people of his city. He has lived in these neighborhoods where poverty is pervasive, and he wants to do something. And so he thinks that if you give people free money, it will elevate them economically and they'll live a better life with no responsibility, no strings attached, no requirements. This is a young man who, as I said, is very inexperienced. And he's a rookie. And he's making a rookie inexperienced mistake. Because these programs don't work and they never have worked. Handouts don't work. 
There needs to be responsibility tied to the to the money. There needs to be oversight. You need to have to get up in the in the morning and have to go to work. Capitalism has worked. This is a program by it seems to me I'd be very surprised if he wasn't taught a great deal of Keynesian economics throughout his life. And I would venture to guess that maybe he doesn't know a whole lot about capitalism and wasn't taught about the virtues of capitalism and why America became great because of supply and demand and creating a better product and competition. And there are other ways to do this. And I want to get into how Stockton can can get better economically other than a program like this in a moment. Also, I want to touch upon a program that this young mayor is backing that I think is a really pretty sharp idea. I'm not sure if it's going to work. I'm pretty convinced that handing out free money is not. But I want to talk a little bit more about this young guy and what he's trying to get done in the city of Stockton. But before we do that, let's go to Bob. He's in paradise. He joins us on a Saturday evening at 613. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on your show. You bet. What are your thoughts uh, on this uh, Saturday evening? Well, my thoughts on this Saturday evening about this water issue is I think it's a great idea to stop sending our water to Southern California because we know that that's a central hub for a lot of illegal immigration. So if they don't have as much water down there, there's really no reason for them to cross the border. So We really need the water to feed our crops here and continue to make California prosperous. Okay, but Bob, are you at all concerned that the federal government is going to take over a function of the water in California? The feds have a takeover plan. Does that bother you? That doesn't really bother me in the least because Jerry Brown has completely fumbled this whole deal in the first place. Sending our water down there in the first canal we've already got is a horrible idea and tripling the the volume with his magical canal is even, even a worse idea. And he's wasting my money doing it. That last question, Bob, I have for you is this. Who will prevail in this fight? And it sounds like they're going to lock heads over this, the feds or the state? Absolutely the feds. Why? Because it's the federal government. And the states are controlled by the federal government. And there's the opportunity for the state to lose all of its federal funding if they don't follow their rules. That, that in and of itself is troubling to people because, you know, it was Ronald Reagan way back in the day, the former governor of California and the former president of the United States, who, 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 who emboldened the states, gave them more power, and said the states should have more power. Well, you know, it depends on what kind of an electorate you're talking about when the state is controlled by people that are not doing what is best for the citizens of the state, and that power should be taken away, in my opinion. Okay, Bob, good call. I appreciate it. Calling in from Paradise tonight on his uh, cell phone. Appreciate that. Want to turn our attention now to Peter. He's calling in from uh, Davis and uh, turning uh, our attention to a different topic with regards to Mayor Tubbs. Peter, thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts about what the mayor's doing there? Uh, if I could tell the gentleman who answered um, my call, uh, $500, that's an awful lot of money. And... Um, I reminded him, if I'm remembering correctly, that there was a time not so long ago that Stockton was in dire straits or near dire straits that they're still trying to put themselves back together and to want to be able to give $500 to someone in need. Um, I live in Davis. I um, am a semi-regular at the Davis Community Meals which is uh, three meals a week to help you know, the homeless here in Davis. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to know some people who are homeless. I think I've lost a friend who was homeless for whatever reason, I mean, and too young to die. But uh, 
I know with these people that they suddenly received five hundred dollars. They wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, they have an idea. Yes. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But. Do you think? Do you do you think Peter, seeing what you have seen, dealing with as many homeless as you have, they will use it for nefarious purposes for the wrong things? I'm afraid to say, yes, they would. Yeah. Okay, Peter, yes. I, I I do. Go a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I, w- I I would like to believe kumbaya, you know, perfect world scenario that they would go out and, you know, get a room and clean themselves up mm-hmm. and, you know, enjoy some rest on a true bed, but no. Okay. Um, Peter, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. I'm kind of up against a break right now. We've run a little bit long in this segment, but I wanted to get your call in. Uh, my name is Sam Shane. We've got more on this on the other side, what they're doing in Stockton, giving away the free money, the people who do need it, and what actually may work in Stockton instead of this program to really elevate the economy there, like in a significant way where hundreds, even thousands of people could benefit, and also a program that this young mayor is behind that seems to make a little bit of sense so I'm Sam Shane at 617 here on KFBK, the phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Just doing a little quick math here during the break. A little chicken scratch here in the back of a piece of paper. Looking at some of the numbers from Mayor Michael Tubbs out of Stockton. You have 100 residents, $500 a month for a year and a half. That's 18 months. So 18 months, 500 bucks a piece, $9,000 per, 100 residents. I got that at $900,000. I don't know if that sounds right to you, Luis, but he's nodding his head. So either we're both bad at math or I got it right. <laughs> I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> experiment. That's a big experiment. You're rolling the dice. He's doing that with private money, by the way. There are some people in Silicon Valley who make $900,000 plus, 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 plus who are helping fund this. And the whole idea is to help elevate people who are in poverty-stricken neighborhoods, who have grown up in neighborhoods where Michael Tubbs says he grew up. And he said, we need to elevate the economic status of people who live in these neighborhoods. Phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Nobody disputes that. Absolutely. The level of poverty in this country is growing. But the answer isn't free money. The answer is building an economic base with jobs, with industry, with businesses that create hundreds and thousands of good-paying jobs, employment. And now you have a fundamental base of people who get up and go to work and can buy homes and washers and dryers and automobiles and pay taxes. How do you do that? You have to make it economically viable. You have to create incentive. If you can attract good businesses to your community, for whatever reason that may be. In Silicon Valley, it's easier to do because you have a brain trust there that leads the world in software and computers. In Stockton, you have to think about how do we do this? 
What's the smart way to do this? How can we attract really good businesses into our city? What financial incentive can we provide that would make it easy, super easy, for a business to come into our city? What do we need to give them? How can we help them? And then you start creating jobs. And then when you create jobs, you create a tax base. And then when you create a tax base, you have more tax revenue coming into your coffers. And you can build better schools and your streets are better. Your neighborhoods are safer. You have a bigger police force. That's how capitalism works. That's how money multiplies. I have yet to see a system where if you hand out free money, where it works. I mean, there is yet to be an example, I think, worldwide from what I've read where that system works. I know they've tried it in other countries. And frankly, a lot of them just gave up. Bo from Stockton calls in on a Saturday evening at 626. Hi, Bo. How are you? Good evening, Sam. Um, you know, I've been listening to this thing for a long time. I'm from Stockton. And this is a band-aid. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be giving $500 a month for the... 18-month period, and that sounds great, but what's going to happen is they're going to get this money. They're going to buy certain things that maybe they haven't had, you know, such as a flat-screen TV or whatever it is, okay? And that money's going to be gone quickly, and then at the end of 18 months, they're right back to square one again. I don't see how it's going to improve their life. Do you, do you, do you like... See, I, I just said a moment ago, Ball, I don't know if you heard it here on the program. I think that 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 Michael Tubbs' heart is in the right place. I just think that I he's I think he's yeah, very I he's just very inexperienced. And he's he's not right. he's not knowledgeable, he's not worldly enough to enact such a grand program. I get this I get the feeling that his economic back background, probably in education, was Keynesian in nature and, and had very little to do with the viability of capitalism and the free market workplace. Do you get that sense? I, I do, Sam, by all means. I really do. And now, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that he is a Stanford graduate, you know, and I applaud him for his education. But the problem is that that money could be used to help people get jobs instead of just handing out free money. Right. And I mean, and, and you were probably in long term. And, yeah. And, where this is short term, this is a band aid. Bo, you were probably on hold. Well, you were probably on hold while I was making this point on the air. I think that money could be used as an economic incentive to bring in businesses that create jobs. That's what I, I think. I agree more. Okay. I agree. I agree 100% with you. Oh, great. Great. Okay, Bo. Because. Yeah, go ahead. Just, it's the only thing that makes any sense because to give money just away for free, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to get up in the morning, like you said earlier, and go to work. You don't, you know, it's just here, $500. That's just going to go for just, you know, minor stuff that eventually is going to be gone, and then at the end of 18 months, you're right back to square one again. So what did you accomplish? Right. Well, as, as they say, when, when, when something's free, it probably tells you something. <laughs> I think that money could be used in a better way, right. such as your suggestion. That's what I believe. All right, Bo. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the call from Stockton. This is a man who obviously knows what's going on there. has been paying a lot of attention to it. Uh, we have another phone call, but we can't get to it yet because we're up against a hard break. So I'm hoping this caller hangs on. Um, on the other side of this break, I want to talk a little bit about a program in Stockton that, that Tubbs is behind that I think is actually a pretty darn good idea, and it has to do with the homeless and making that city clean. 
So let's talk a little bit about what he might be doing right in my estimation on the other side of this break. And then also much more on this young college student, the woman whose body was found, the illegal immigrant who's now in jail for that, and the political football that's become. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. So we're talking Stockton and the young mayor of Stockton, Michael Tubbs, and his plan to hand out $500 per month for 18 straight months to 100 residents. Those people have to live in a neighborhood where the median income is less than $46,000 a year. However, there are no work requirements and no restrictions on how people use the money. Let's go to Stacy in Placerville, who joins us on a Saturday evening. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Hi, Sam. Good to talk to you. Thank you. You as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think that they should use that money to open a co-op and put it in their neighborhood with a, with a closed bank, a co-op, so that their money would go further. They can buy discounted products with that money. You know, the, the money that was set up to do the co-op. Yeah, so here's the issue, and they're running into this in Sacramento. Where do you put the co-op? Because okay, you know what the reality is out there, Stacy. Not in my backyard. But how do you choose what 100 people get it? Well, they, how do they hear about it if they're not paying the cable bill to watch this on the news? Well, I guarantee you that's going to be less controversial than setting up a co-op in a neighborhood. Because you tell a neighborhood that you're going to put a co-op in there, right where they live, and guess how that next city hall meeting is going to go. Oh, my. Right? I, I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. I'm not a Catholic, but the Catholic Church does it, and it works fine. Well, yeah, and they right. They do it through various institutions that have been set up already in neighborhoods. I understand that. But when you propose, when you and, and, and Mayor Daryl Steinberg in, in Sacramento has found this out the hard way. When you try to go into a neighborhood and say, we're going to build housing for the homeless in your neighborhood, well, guess what breaks loose? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody gets upset because they don't, they don't yeah. want it in their backyard. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my contention is is that you just you can't just throw out free money. It, it just it will not work. And I, I'm afraid that this young mayor, who, as I said earlier in the program, I think his heart is in the right place. I think he's going to learn a really hard lesson here because of inexperience. But, so now the, the money is strictly for homeless, or is it? No, 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 no. It's for people who live. You, the, the requirement is you have to live in a neighborhood where the average income is less than $46,000 per month. So these people very well may have homes. This idea is to elevate people who live in poverty, not necessarily who are homeless. So give them a bus pass and, you know, start Well, you know, instead of cash. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. You know, Stacey, the, the, the answer is, is that you have to build a strong economic base and provide jobs. That's what you have to do. You have to entice industry and businesses to come into your community and build a foundation, create jobs, create employment, and then there's a tax base, and then people have something to go to, and they can buy homes, and then they can pay taxes, and now you have higher tax revenues. One begets right. the other. That's what growth is all about, and that happens in the capital marketplace, the free system marketplace. And so, anyway, I, I want to get to this. Stacy, thanks a lot for the call from Placerville. This is the one program where I think Tubbs might be onto something. Okay, it's a little bit of a risk, but get, now follow me in this. City of Stockton set to hire homeless to clean their streets. And the Stockton mayor, Michael Tubbs, is supporting this plan. Quote, I want to see a cleaner city. I think trash is the number one thing on everyone's mind. But number two, I want folks to see that people who are homeless are not necessarily worse people than the rest of us. 
Now, homeless residents who are hired to work part-time will likely be making the minimum wage. That's $10.50 an hour. Eligible applicants will help uh, filling out the employee tax forms from case managers from a nonprofit shelter in Stockton. He said, quote, I think this allows them to develop work history, some stability, so they can have a career job in a couple of years. Stockton partnering with Caltrans, which, which is providing the money. So Caltrans is providing state taxpayer money to help in Stockton with this program. And besides the plan to pay the homeless, Stockton also is voting to declare an emergency homeless shelter crisis. So they've got a shelter crisis in Stockton, which, you know what, I mean, frankly, I think it, if, if there's a city in, in California that doesn't have a shelter crisis, that's the headline today. That's the, rea- that's the sad reality of this situation. But I think Tubbs, the, the young mayor in, in Stockton, is on to something with this program. It's, it's worth a try. Hire them to clean the streets. It's a step. There's some responsibility. Maybe they can build upon that. And the streets get cleaner. How can that be bad? Okay, I got to give you the story. <laughs> Here's a right turn or a left turn. Stormy Daniels update. She will strip at a Sacramento area club. Stormy Daniels, who's doing it all for the right reasons, is bringing her show to the Sacramento region this October, the stripper and porn star. Business associates paid her $130,000. Trump's business associates paid her $130,000 in Trump in hush money, I should say, to keep her quiet about an alleged affair before the November 2016 election. Yes, this alleged affair, by the way, happened before the 2016 election. So if you want to know, and it's important to you, she will perform four evenings at Gold Club Centerfolds in Rancho Cordova, October 5 and 6. That's all I got. That's all I've got on Stormy Daniels making the tour. Wow. What a sideshow that is, huh? That has really turned into a circus times two. Uh, let's see. We're, we're, it's uh, coming up on 642. I, I will do want to get to this and more on this on the other side of the break, too. So we'll carry this one over. Um, but before I do that, because I do want to get into this uh, undocumented slash illegal immigrant who's now in jail charged with murdering this Iowa college student, Molly Tibbetts, that thing exploded this week. That whole story just went off the rails on a lot of fronts. And it's it's just incredibly sad for her and her family and this small community in Iowa. But I'll get to that in a second. But before I do, let's get to Robert. He's in Coloma right now. Um, Robert, uh, thanks for joining us on this Saturday evening. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yes, good evening. Hey, back when I was a youngster, mm-hmm. uh, they had this program called CETA, California Employment Trading Act. Okay. I'm just talking about the Stockton thing with the 500 bucks a month. Right. And what happened, I... I was off on disability for hernia. And I found a, finally I got a, found a job at a gas station to make like three eighty five an hour back there. Back then was the uh, minimum wage. Yeah, I remember those days. And I was able to go through the CETA program and get extra money from uh, EDD and make my wages up to like seven fifty an hour so I had a living wage to raise my family. Mm-hmm. So I think if they took that 500 bucks from Stockton, and subsidize uh, better-paying jobs for those guys. It'd be a better, better idea. So, uh, Robert, the total price tag on this program, as best I can tell, on my chicken scratch and my uh, well, 
subpar math usually, but I think I'm up to speed today. Uh, it's $900,000 is the cost of the total program. It's being privately funded, and it's not taxpayer money. So you're saying take that nine hundred grand and subsidize those low-paying jobs to bring them up to at least a minimum wage, but, but, but force people to go out and at least find the job. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So subsidize their job instead of getting a, you know, at the basic bare minimum wage, they can make it a little bit decent wage. Okay, interesting. Okay, Robert, thanks. Interesting idea. I appreciate that very much. Uh, we've got to turn our attention quickly to Iowa before we go to the break here because I want to do the setup, and then we'll come back and get into the audio clips. Uh, an undocumented immigrant or illegal immigrant told police that he killed University of Iowa student Molly Tibbetts, did so this week. He did so, he said, in a moment of panic after she tried to call for help on her cell phone. She was out for a jog. He apparently ran up next to her. She was said she was going to call police, and he panicked. Christian Rivera, 24 years old, a Mexican national who has lived in Iowa for at least four years, tonight is being held on a first-degree murder charge in the brazen attack. Tibbetts vanished on July 18th while she was out for an evening jog. There are lots of details that came out today about how, or this past week, I should say, about how he said he did this and how he panicked and he blacked out, and all of a sudden she was her body was in his trunk and then he dumped the body in a nearby cornfield well, subsequently, from all that reaction from Democrats, I mean, you can imagine the political football this became. Reaction from Democrats and Republicans was predictable and, as you might imagine, very different. Many Republicans and supporters of President Trump said this case is another example of why illegal immigrants, especially those with criminal records, need to return to their home countries and enter the United States legally. On the other side of it, Democrat Senator Elizabeth Warren rumored to be interested in running for president, used the story to further her agenda on separating families of illegal immigrants. So we have two sides here that are playing it. I'm going to give you specific examples on the other side of the break of what they said and how this was um, received, shall we say, this past week. My name is Sam Shane. The phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. More on that story on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Okay, we got a lot to get to here. I hope we can get it all in here in the last segment. Let's get to the phones very quickly. I want to get to Shelly right now joining us on this Saturday evening. Uh, hi, Shelly. What are your thoughts with us tonight? Hi. Well, I think that the initiative would be a good idea, the free income or the free hundred five hundred dollars a month, because there's people that meet like me that are Low income, and I also I have a job. Yeah, but should there but should there be some responsibility? I mean, should, I mean, you, there's I mean, there there's should no, be some. There, there's no there's no issue. there's no work requirement, and you can spend it any way you want. I mean, it seems like it's just free money. Yeah, no, I think that there should be some restrictions towards that. Yeah. So that way. Yeah that that that, that, that makes a free the, handout right. That's what makes the program flawed. It's a free handout. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Shelly, thank you very much. appreciate the call. I got a ton to get to here uh, on the uh, Iowa student, college student, Molly Tibbetts. Her body found this past week. An undocumented illegal immigrant has been charged with first-degree murder. And both sides, very different views. Both sides accusing the other of playing politics with this. Pretty typical. Okay, this is a White House tweet immediately following the arrest of Christian Rivera, 24 years old, 
an illegal immigrant who is now in jail. Quote, yesterday an illegal alien now charged with first-degree murder led police to the cornfield where her body was found. The Tibbetts family has been permanently separated. They are not alone. Now that was followed up on Wednesday. President Trump said in a video posted on Twitter, and I quote, Molly Tibbetts, an incredible young woman, is now permanently separated from her family. A person came in from Mexico illegally and killed her. We need the wall. We need our immigration laws changed. So immediately following that, Democrats pointed the finger at Republicans saying, they are playing politics with this. You see? You see what they're doing here? Not too long after, onto the scene comes Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren. She, of course, rumored to be interested in running for President of the United States. And she used this story to further her agenda on separating families of illegal immigrants. Here's that audio clip. Now this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Uh, but one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Separating a mama from a baby does not make this country safer. Separating a mama from a baby. I don't know how we got there, but somehow she... She took us right down that path to where we were about a month and a half. When was that? That was a big story, about a month and a half. I mean, the big story changes once a week in this country now. So I think that was probably a big deal, say, four or six weeks ago. But here it is. It's back again. And again, I talk about this time and again on this show. We see this pattern of let's just recycle some of the same old stuff and keep moving it through. So when it's not Russia, 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 now we're back to separation of families. That's the discussion we're having. Okay, so as we can hear, as we heard their reaction from Republicans and Democrats, very, very different. There are some who are comparing what's taken place here with Molly Tibbetts to the killing of Kate Steinle, shot to death in San Francisco by an illegal immigrant. Now I'm going to play for you an audio clip from a woman named Marianne Mendoza. She's the mother of a police sergeant named Brandon Mendoza, and he was killed in a head-on crash by an illegal immigrant who was driving under the influence. And Marianne Mendoza had this response to what you just heard from Senator Elizabeth Warren. I was disgusted by Senator Elizabeth Warren hearing her speak today, and what I need, what I want to say to her is stop lying to the American people because you don't care what is happening to the victims of illegal alien crime, because if you did you would be standing up for us and you would be doing something about it. So that's how she responded to it all. 916-921-1530, We have just a few minutes left in the program. I wanted to get that in. Also, I think we have time to play maybe a clip from Alan Dershowitz because I did say something at the top of the show about this. And Dershowitz, of course, he's a longtime Democrat, so let's see if we can squeeze this in. He's a constitutional expert. He's been talking extensively about the Mueller investigation into President Trump and candidate Trump and the people who worked in his campaign and the people who work in his White House and how he feels as though the president may be onto something when he calls this a witch hunt. Now remember, again, Dershowitz is a longtime Democrat and voted for Hillary Clinton. He says that Michael Cohen's plea deal, which we talked about at the top of this program a couple of hours ago, Plea deal with the Mueller prosecutors. Give Mueller's investigation very little ammunition against Donald Trump. This is an interview. I remember this. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. This is an interview with Fox News. 
says we are long ways away from impeachable offenses here by the president. Let's play it. And remember, there's been no indictment, grand jury. There's only been a statement and allocution by a man who's admitted to criminal conduct. So we're far away from impeachable offense or criminal offense on the part of the president. So we're a long way away. It doesn't rise to the you know level of uh, high, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors that we read about in the Constitution. It's not there. There's no there there. And that's been the criticism so far of what the Mueller team has produced. There's nothing there. It all started with Russian collusion. The president said this past week. That's where it started. They still haven't gotten there. They have not arrived there 18-plus months later. Okay, Dershowitz has written a book. It's called The Case Against Impeaching Trump. But he believes, now here's the thing, he believes that if the Democrats win control of the House in November, and that could very well happen, that's what some of the polling is indicating can happen, he believes that then if that happens, impeachment will be an issue. I think there are going to be some Democrats, there's one in Minnesota, there are a few others, who are going to run on, give us the House and we'll impeach the president. That's what happened when President Clinton was impeached, and of course it ended up being a disaster. It backfired on the Republicans because the Senate refused to uh, remove him. So I think impeachment will be an issue, but I think the law on impeachment, at least according to my research, is fairly clear, and the president has not. Uh, at least up to now, committed any impeachable offenses. But that doesn't mean that if the Democrats win control of the House that they won't impeach. And you don't hear them talking about impeachment because they're afraid that that will scare voters away. They want their base to show up, and they don't want to alienate the Trump voters, so you're not going to hear a lot from them except from Maxine Waters. She still talks about it, much to their chagrin. And she will continue to talk about impeachment. She did before the guy even took office. I'm not I'm not joking. Uh, here are the numbers, okay? Trump realizes that all he needs are 34 Republicans in the U.S. Senate to save his presidency. So let's say they vote to impeach in the House and they send it over to the Senate. And Republicans own the Senate right now, and they likely will. The numbers indicate they'll still have control of the Senate after this November election. He only needs 34 votes. That's all he needs. He's got that. So he may not even be nervous about it. And the drama continues. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK Weekend Live. Thanks for joining us. We're back here next Saturday live from 5 to 7. We certainly hope you join us then. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk with you later.